0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. Our Lord, we thank you for your amazing love, just filling this house. Our Lord, I just pray right now that you would speak to us through your Word in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Pam, I just see the Spirit of God reaching out to your family, your generations. I see Him just gathering them. I saw the hand of God. The gathering Spirit of God is over your family. restore in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Let's give Him a big hand of praise. Thank you, Lord. Wow, let's take our seats. Thank you. I love the presence of God. I just love the way He works, His grace over our lives, and I love this church that embraces the presence of God. And uh, I go to other churches, and I was in Toowoomba preaching at a church there last week. They're so hungry for God, but there's no place like home. Oh, Matt came up with us and we had a great time, but it's no place like home because you guys are so hungry for God. In the first service, several people made uh, decisions for Jesus. Last week, we had Carl Butler here and throughout the whole day in kids church and in church, we had 23 people respond to Jesus last Sunday in this place. (laughs) Some were recommitments, but there was a whole lot of first time decisions This morning there was two first-time decisions in the first service. God's drawing hungry hearts, folks. Just keep your heart open and just keep believing because when the Spirit of God works, anything can happen. So today's my 60th birthday. I can't believe it's 60. But I just wanted I think I'm allowed on my 60th to allow a little bit of indulgence to reflect on my life and some of the things that have worked in and through my life. So hopefully you'll get the overflow, okay? Oh, (laughs) 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 church is a big family isn't it so we celebrate we pray we support we laugh we cry that's why i love church i want to talk about the seasons of life today and some of the things that god's taught me Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build up a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to search and a time to give up A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Wow, God is so good. And I was thinking about the decades of my life. When you have uh, a birthday with a zero after it, no matter whether it's 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, maybe 100, you have a moment of reflection and you start to think, wow, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you start to thank God for the amazing things that he's done. So my first decade, I was a student at Crow's Nest School trying to learn and helping on the farm. Second decade in the teens, I became, I grew into becoming a sportsman. And I went to state championships a few times and had lots of fun. And I have a go at just about every sport in athletics and, and also became a Christian I was brought up in a Christian home and uh, thank God for my family and my parents. But it was 17 before I made my real full surrender to Jesus on the day I finished grade 12. So that's the 30th of November. That's my spiritual birthday. And in my 20s, I became a husband and a father. And what an adventure that was and is and continues to be. Three amazing adult children now and uh, grandchildren and just the joy and blessing of that. 30s i became a pastor i was helping and youth pastor before that 29 we took on our first church at budrum didn't think we were ready for it but god said let's go i'll teach you you got the faith and let's go so we're amazing journey in our 30s seeing god build a great church on the sunshine coast which is now calvary where thousands of people go to church and we're involved in helping plant that church and spend 11 and a half years so god's amazing in our 40s i grew and became a, a leader And better leader. In my 50s, I I believe God's helped me to become a leader of leaders. And now in my 60s, I believe God's going to help me to become a spiritual father to multiply effectiveness. And so that's a very brief summary. And and you can do your own uh, little assessment. It's good to look at it in decades or key seasons of your life because you see the hand of God and you're growing. and, And no matter what age we are, there's a growth that happens. And because I'm 60, I thought we could look at Isaiah 60 today for a moment. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Not coming, has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. What's the glory of God? It's the manifest presence and power of God. See. The prophet's saying see. In other words, look and see. Open your eyes to see what's really happening. He said see. Darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. One of the things I've learned in life is don't just look with your natural eye and see what's happening around. We're good at describing the situation, but we're not good at declaring God what He sees. And by faith we declare the promises and the breakthrough. And it says see. So I thank God He's taught me to see in the Spirit. So when I look at a situation, I just don't see the natural I don't ignore that, but I look at it. But then I see and say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Every time I'm in church, I'm worshipping, I say, Lord, I love you. And I say, Holy Spirit, what are you up to today in people's lives? That's why God speaks to me, because I ask every day, what are you doing in people's lives? And wherever we go, in your workplace, in your family, saying, Lord, what are you up to today? And how can I cooperate with your plan? Because if you're where God wants you to be, stuff happens. People say, how come you've got so many stories? I said, well, God's teaching me how to walk in step with him and anything can happen. It goes on and says there'll be great darkness and that's what happens. But God's glory arises. Then it says, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. I see so many people walking down, just looking down, looking in, looking out close by and saying, this is too hard. There's a lot of people that are afraid of what's happening in the world and in our nation today. I want to stir your heart, arise, look a little bit higher and see God's plan that's greater. In the last few weeks, I've preached on the Lord Almighty. We don't have to fear. Daniel turned around three uh, godless regimes that were the world leaders of his day. And God can break through our situation, our nation. Do not let fear rule you when you look at our nation. Because our God in a moment can rise up and pull down. He can break through things so quickly if we honor our God. And God says, let faith rule your heart. It goes on and says, lift up your eyes. I assemble and come to you. All, All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. How beautiful when someone is just shining with God's love. I've been to India and other missions trips and you can walk down the street and almost pick the Christians coming the other way <coughs> because their eyes are free, their faces are alive and there's no darkness clouded over their souls. God wants to you and I to be free, to be radiant. goes on, your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. When I first read that, I thought, oh, mate, that's an interesting story. I remember, some of you heard my sermon years ago, the camels are coming. Who remembers that one about six years ago? The camels are coming because camels in that day brought, carried all the riches and produce and grain and, and uh, jewels and everything. So when the camels are coming, it means the resources are coming for your life and for the kingdom of God. So the camels are coming. They've come, but there's many more coming that are going to bring blessing and provision naturally and spiritually. And it says they will come. Young, young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Hallelujah. Arise, shine. Don't just look down. Lift your eyes to see how awesome is our God. And I believe that we need to reflect. I look back on my past and reflection. I have thanksgiving, grace, and I'm amazed at the favor of God over my life. I just say, God, you are so So good. I've been on missions trips all over the world. I've been involved in situations, led people to Jesus. I just say, God, your favor is amazing. It's on you as well. And He just flows through our lives. And uh, then I look at the present. I see the changes. And I believe for faith and breakthrough now more than ever. Let's live in the overflow. Don't have a small God, have a mighty God. Your God. And then for the future, we look forward with hope and love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, now abides faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So love needs to be the motivation of our lives, and then we have hope for the future. If you don't have hope, then you can't have faith now. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I've learned the enemy will try and steal your hope, because if he can steal your hope, then you've got nothing to base your faith on. So we need to actually pray and be givers of hope to people. And I preached a while ago that the one who has the most hope has the most influence. In your workplace, in your family, be carriers of hope. Lift your eyes. Don't just look down and say, oh, woe is us. How are we going to handle the craziness in our nation? What's going to happen? You can let fear rule you or you can let faith rule you. And the Spirit of God spoke to me a while ago and said, in the last days there will be darkness, there will be uh, brokenness, people will be lovers of themselves and, and scoffers and mockers of God and destruction. Yes, that will happen. But it says in the last days I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh, all people. And the Spirit of God said both are going to happen, which one are you going to focus on? And I made a determination Years ago, I'm going to focus on what God's promised and said. I don't ignore that, but I'm going to focus on what God said because that's going to overrule all the darkness. I've read the last verse, we win. God wins. So don't let fear rule your heart because our God's greater and He can depose and He can change very quickly. The book of Daniel will remind you of how powerful is our God. And so we see that we can live with hope and faith. Psalm 1 says... Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Wow, wow, wow. Negativity, mocking, criticism, cynicism. That will destroy your faith and it will tear down hope quicker than anything else. I thank God we've got a church here that are full of hope and faith. And I want to stir that up. I want to be a carrier... I want to be a cheerleader for hope and faith all of my days because that's what we need to live in. It goes on and says, But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person, wow, is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now, if you're going to make it, you've got to make choices, right choices. You're going to hang around mockers and negativity and fear, or you're going to dwell in God's word and presence and let faith arise in your heart. It's a choice we make every day. For some of us, we make it moment by moment. The enemy lies to us and tries to swamp us and, and rejection and pain comes into our souls. But we can choose every day to say, Lord, your word is powerful. I'm going to dwell in your presence, your word, and I'm going to be a carrier of hope. And it says prosperity, blessing and favor comes over your life. And I'm amazed when I look back and see God's favor and blessing over our lives. And I know some of it's because God's helped us to make right choices along the journey. We haven't always made all right choices, but God's helped us to do that. And uh, we need to be blessed it says in verse 1, he's blessed if he doesn't do this. And verse 2, he's blessed if he does do this. So sometimes the blessing comes when you learn to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. Whatever that looks like for your heart and your life. Psalm 112 follows on with this. Verse 1, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Blessed. Wow, it talks about generations. Wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Wow, bad news comes, bad things happen to good people, but you can't live in fear that they're going to come all the time. Some of us have, we're prone to anxiety or negativity or believing the worst. The phone rings and think, what's wrong now? Don't have that response. It could be blessing. If it is wrong, don't let fear rob you of the strength to face the bad news. You see how it works? And God wants to help us <clears throat> to have His strength. And it goes on there and it says, They will be steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts a cure, They will have no fear. Wow, is that possible? In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever and their horn will be lifted high in honor. The Amplified of verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favoured by God is the man who fears the Lord, who with awe-inspired reverence and worships Him with obedience, who delights greatly in His commandments. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we honour the Lord, there's blessing flows to you and through you. And secondly, it says it flows on to the generations. And we pass on by our example. We pass on by our attitudes. We pass on by our faith and belief. We pass on... I thank God for my family that we went to church every Sunday, sometimes three times a day. Twice a day on every... and every second Sunday, it was three times a day because we travelled. One pastor did two different churches and Dad collected the offering and Mum did the... played the organ, so we had to be there. And... uh, And... I God for that faithfulness that it taught me and our family. And there were very few Sundays we weren't in church. It was only when the floods were up and we just couldn't get there. And so I just thank God for that. It builds that consistency and trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I've had times where I can't make trust God through it all. Thirdly, God wants us to face our fears and I'm not prone to a lot of negativity. I'm Thank God he's given me a very positive outlook on life. But that's not just personality. It's also because God's taught me how to trust him, how to just put him first, leave for the best. And the Bible says to train yourself in righteousness or godliness. And I thank God that he's helped teach me how to do that. And so fear has less place over your life. Because if you don't face your fears, they will hinder, they will distract, or they'll stop you from going and doing And 2 Timothy 1.7 is a well-known verse. In the Amplified it says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, or, but He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. How beautiful is that? That's the Spirit of God that He gives us. The Holy Spirit comes and that's what He does. He starts to bring order in our mind. He starts to bring self-control in our passions and our desires, in in our sexuality, in our appetites, in our motivations. God helps us so that we don't get sidetracked and uh, damage our lives. And it helps us face our fears. 1 John 4.18 says, There's no fear in love. In other words, dread does not exist. Wow. God, what are you saying here? There's no fear in love. Dread does not exist. And some of us have faced terrible dread and fear in our lives. But it says, But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. Wow, wow, wow. When I got a hold of that verse years ago, I realized that when I'm facing fear, I don't pray for courage, I pray for more love. I pray, God, let me be so filled with your love, it drives out, it casts out fear. The more I focus on his word and worship and pray and hang out with other positive people, (coughs) I find that fear gets driven out because his love and presence so fills my life. I feel so secure in God's love, I thought no matter what comes... God's going to be with me and going to help me walk through. So I I encourage you, if you wrestle with a lot of fears and anxieties, ask God to fill you with an awareness of His love. So you just feel confident and trusted in Him and you'll find fear will lose its power over your mind and your heart. Doesn't mean you won't have them, but they won't stay and they lose their power. And I've learned, I was fairly shy when I was young and I was, uh, for whatever reason, not I was confident on the sports field, but not in other areas. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit and God's grace started to grow, those fears started to lose their power. And the more I memorized Scripture, the more I worshipped and pulled out my guitar and played my three and a half chords and, and, uh, and devotions, I just felt more and more connected to God's love and Spirit. And it's so powerful to feed your spirit and your heart because then it will, your mind and your soul will start to line up under God's Word and under His Spirit. Instead of being led by fear or emotions or intellect, most of us will wrestle with one of the two, or your strong will, it will come under the lordship of Jesus and you'll find greater and greater freedom. Another thing that's really helped me in my life is I love the presence of God. I've always loved the presence of God. And I want to encourage you to have a love for His presence. That's why I sing all the time, because I know... It reminds me of how awesome our God is. I pray in the Spirit often because it reminds me of the supernatural God that lives within me, and I love His presence. I was reading a story in 1 Samuel five the other day in my devotions, how that the Ark of the Covenant, uh, which is a special um, box that carried um, implements, and it reminded the people of Israel that God was in their midst. So that if they didn't have the Holy Spirit like we have. And then they were losing some battles. so They thought, okay, we'll, get, we'll grab the ark and we'll bring that to the front line and God will protect us. Well, guess what? They weren't living an obedient life, so it got, it got stolen. They got defeated. It was stolen by the Philistines. So they took it and the first night they said, well, we'll show our God Dagon is so much more powerful. So they put the ark of the covenant in the temple of Dagon. And guess what? Next morning? They come and Dagon has fallen down flat on his face. The big stone idol, God, he's fallen down flat on his face before the Ark of the Covenant. So the poor old Philistines, they're all rattled by this. So they have to put, actually stand their God back up. Let me tell you, if you trust in other things and other gods, they they will bow down to the name of Jesus because Jesus is more powerful. He has all authority. So the next day, next morning they come back and horror of horrors, Their big stone God has fallen down. This time his head's fallen off and his hands are fallen off. Cut off. The power of God, the presence of God is more powerful. Let me tell you, if you're battling strongholds and things in your mind or heart or body or your community, let me tell you, the power of God is so much stronger and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No God or stronghold of this world can hold you back if you keep reaching up and connecting to Almighty God. If you make room for the presence of God, let me tell you, darkness flees when the light is released. Darkness flees when you start to speak to your mountain in faith, in Jesus' name. When we've got a problem, we want to speak to God about our problem. It's okay to start there, but don't stop there. God says, you start to speak to the mountain and tell it to bow down and get out of your life and out of your family. But I Bible says, speak to that mountain in faith, in Jesus' name, and you will see. Things shift, things change and we've had to do that in our lives and the breakthroughs come because the enemy harasses, he tries to find weaknesses and you've got to address that and challenge it and break its power in Jesus' name. Another thing I've learned is to live under an open heaven. The last few years this has become a significant freedom in my life. A few years ago, three years ago, I was walking down the aisle here one Friday morning praying and I felt the Holy Spirit, he st- He said, stop. Don't ever pray that way again. God loves us to pray, but he, he challenged me. And I sat down and said, Lord, what do you mean? He says, don't you ever pray for an open heaven again because you've already got it. And I sat down, stunned. And I opened the Bible and he took me through the journey of Scripture and showed me that I have an open heaven with Jesus every day because he died on the cross and rose again. He tore the curtain in two from top to bottom. And so I have free access and I can live under an open heaven from this day. on. Holy Spirit's within me. I've got all the reasons of heaven inside of me, so therefore I can live under an open heaven. So I've changed the way I pray and speak and preach and minister for the last three years on that revelation that I have an open heaven. And so do you. But you've got to know it. The enemy will harass you. He'll try and minimize your understanding and revelation. But we have an open heaven over our lives. Be led by the Holy Spirit. I've endeavored to base my life on being led by the Spirit. And the more I do that, the more freedom and the more breakthroughs come. Keep listening, reading, learning, and growing. Never too old to learn. Ask questions and listen. Speak. Hear. Treasure and live in the grace of God. I've come to appreciate the grace of God more and more the older I've got. And lastly, you can't do this life without family and team. Thank God for my wife and my family, for the church family, for those who have mentored and supported me over the years. You can't succeed in a really blessed life without family and team relationships and the power of unity and blessing. For where there's unity, God commands the blessing and it flows right to the edge of the garment and i believe i shared a few weeks ago how that that anointing flows to the edge of our church to the edge of our influence and that's where people get drawn in and i'm seeing the more people that are coming into it, the life of our church god reaches out and the supernatural some will say why don't we see a lot of supernatural in australia sometimes because we're just not reaching to the edge of the community where god wants to do it And the more transformations people come in, the more people that are being drawn in or invited by you when they touch the presence of God in church or in a life group or in a youth group, God often shows up and starts doing miracles in their lives. And we need to just keep doing that. Last Sunday night, I got so blessed with one of the new transformation guys. They're away camping this weekend. (coughs) Excuse me. And... He came. I didn't realise he'd made a response to Jesus in the morning because I was away and Carl Butler was here and there was a great day in the house. And Sunday night I came. He came at the end and I I just saw him. I said, what do you want me to pray for? He says, I just want to be free. I just want to be free. And I said, just call out from the depths of your heart to God. And so I start praying for him and then he just starts calling out, God help me. Out loud, because he's never been in church in his life, so when you tell him to call out, he just calls out. Sunday morning he come to give his life to Jesus because Carl said, come up the front. So he comes up and stands on stage with Carl. No idea. I just love the freshness of it. It's so exciting. So this guy starts crying out, God, help me. Set me free. Three times he did it, and I'm praying for him. Everyone else is worshipping, and only those around would have heard it. But something rose in my heart of faith. I said, God, just touch him. Next minute, the power got hit him. He's on the floor. I prayed for him and got rid of some junk. He's had a terrible, broken, drug-filled, crime-filled life, but he's in Transformations. He met a Christian in jail who told him about Transformations <laughs> and said, "It said you need to go to Transformations because this guy had been in Transformations was was back in jail doing some stuff and uh, finalizing stuff, but he sent him." And so the power of God hit him. I'm praying for fear and darkness and all this stuff to come And Then he got up and he looked at me and his face I was alive. He was radiant. I said, How's that? He says, This is awesome. He said, I'm tingling all over. He said, I'm just alive. I just, he, he just hardly put words in. He was just bouncing around the church here that night, just so excited. I said, That's the highest high you've ever had. And he says, Sure is. <laughs> I thought, Lord, you are so precious. How awesome is our God that sets people free? I just want to say, make room for the presence of God. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.